0: Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Gian Lemmy, and joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, today is a special episode because it's our first repeat guest, Justin Brown. Justin was our second episode that we released and you had the chance to interview him then. But today we had an episode. um, It's a special episode because he wrote a book. Uh, in the meantime that he was talking to you he was already writing it but he finally published his book the book's name is is called um stay the course and it's a great book with full of stories of some known coaches some known personalities but some that are unknown as well what do you think of it
1: yeah so good i loved uh you know there's some coaches in there that, that we've heard of and some that i had never heard of and he Justin gets into that, into this interview, and uh, my mind's just, just spinning on just how God works sometimes to connect different people. On, on The way I met Justin is through a mutual mentor, and, and this mentor, Phil Shomo, is going to be, uh, I just recorded an interview with him. He's coming on the podcast to share with us soon, but uh, Phil's son and Justin were college roommates, and then Phil's working at my college, and we connect, and, and now me and Justin are friends. So uh, just really cool how all that works. But we are um, so excited to get into this gin phenomenal interview. Um, one of one of the best ever. This is an elite, elite interview right here. Justin was a, a rock star and big time. So you can enjoy it. Let's get into it right now.
0: Justin Brown, thank you so much for being again on our podcast. You're our first repeat guest. Um, and I want to start with the same question that we always did and you already answered it. Um, but has your mind changed in regards to your definition of what a Christian coach is since last fall when you did an interview with Chad?
2: Well, first, thanks for having me. And man, I just love what you guys are doing. I I follow this podcast a a ton and excited to see it grow and, and honored to be, uh, the first uh, repeat guest and I will come back as many times as uh, you guys will allow. So thank you so much. And, and, uh, but man, what a loaded question. And, and uh, I I think um, to be, you know, put on the spot, I don't think my definition has changed Granted, it's only been a couple months, but um, I think even through going through the process of of writing this book, that my definition got even more, um, you know, supported and, and, and even more secure that, you know, uh, a true, Christian coach is leveraging their sport for kingdom impact and uh, trying to meet their athletes where they're at, and uh, you know it can go a lot of directions from there. But I believe that to be the kind of the bedrock of of the heart of a Christian coach. So, but yeah. what a powerful question!
0: Yeah, um, thank you. Let's let's delve into to the to the book. It's called "Stay the Course: Five Transformational Principles of Leaders That Last." Um, how to renew your vision, honor adversity, and live a higher standard. I learned from Ryan Hawk, the host of the um, Learning Leader Show, that you should always read the acknowledgment section first because you get to find out a lot about the author. And so that's what I did. And you mentioned specifically your parents and your brother and sister. Um, what do they mean to you? Um, how did they prepare you as a as a young man? And up to now, like what kind of support they give you? Um, because That was the first people that you mentioned in that book in in the acknowledgement section.
2: Yeah, well, I guess I'm just so blessed to have an awesome family. Um, You know, uh, my upbringing is nothing but positive memories and positive experiences. And I had the unique, you know, journey of being the youngest in my family. Uh, So I have an older brother and older sister, and and so I'm the baby of the family. And I'm eight and five years younger than them. So there was a little bit of a gap there, and and uh, so that that provided some unique, you know. threads to my upbringing. And, and uh, when I just, I, you know, I, I mentioned them first because I'm thankful to have grown up in a home that uh, first and foremost uh, placed an emphasis on faith and not just faith, but Jesus. And, uh, you know, and plus nothing, Jesus plus nothing. It was the bedrock. And when I look back in hindsight, and then on top of that, my family growing up just really created an atmosphere where dreaming and a vision for what could be what was at the heart of our family growing up. I don't know if it was totally intentional, you know, in hindsight or, or, you know, how someone would cultivate that. Um, But I I reflect on that and man, it was just an awesome environment to grow up in where um, ideas weren't shot down, dreams weren't crushed. um, And and as the youngest, that is a big deal in hindsight. Um, And then I miss my parents because, they've been married for over 40 years and, and, uh, they're, they're, you know, the model in, in so many ways of a life full of faith and, you know, uh, chasing after God. And, and so I'm so thankful for them. And, and, uh, you know, so they, they deserve to be shouted out, huh? right at the, at the forefront. So the, the
0: focus of your book is each chapter has a different person. And a lot of them are coaches. Some are just athletes. Um, and you and you you share their story and how they achieved so much and their background. You know, some of the people you mentioned is in that book is Bill Walsh, Tim Grover, who a lot of people might not know who he is, but he's a big, big guy. If you know about uh, Michael Jordan, if you watch The Last Dance, um, he was in there. And then obviously John Wooden, Tony Dungy, Derek Jeter. Those are like the staples of great leaders in sports. How, how did you
2: choose to include, like, who how did you choose who to include in the book? Yeah, great question. And, you know, I think uh, there were some obvious ones. If you're going to have a, a book on leaders who last, uh, you better have a chapter about John Wooden or at least mention him or Bill Walsh and, and some of the household names. Uh, but what was fun in the process is kind of curating these stories and 16 total chapters. There's a wide range. There's, there's people who, um, you know, all of sports know about these people, and then there's some who I guarantee you that, you know, people, uh, you know, a small percentage of the world population knows who some of these other people are. Uh, it's very niche type of uh, market who would know who, uh, Des Linden is the 2018 Boston marathon winner, or, uh, another one is a volunteer at the Berlin marathon that unless you followed this specific event, the specific race, you wouldn't know who Klaus Henning Schulk is. And, and, uh, to me, it was, it was enjoyable to kind of scan and, uh, you know, include a wide range and, and just to drive home this idea, you don't have to be John Wooden to, to be a transformational leader and, and, uh, you don't have to be Bill Walsh. And, and, uh, really the heart of the book is uncovering that, you know, we, we can kind of, you know, put some humanity to who these big iconic leaders are and, and share, um, that, that their journey is very similar to ours. And, and, uh, you know, you don't, it's not reserved for some elite, 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 elite uh, level person to, to be a transformational leader and, and to live a, a lifestyle where you're, you're pursuing something and, and uh, staying at it for long, long time. So yeah. that's, that's kind of the idea. I,
0: I liked how, if you, if you read throughout the book, you'll see that a lot of those people started their, their journey by volunteering their time. You know, Brad Stevens was a volunteer, Bill Walsh, Kurt Warner, just incredible story, you know, um, John Wooden and Tony Dungy and all that stuff. And I think sometimes we look at them and even you mentioned in your, um, in the book, it's like we compare our worst moments to their Gatorade backs, you know? So we look at Tom Brady on his 10th Super Bowl and, and we look back, it's like, who am I, you know? But we we forget that Tom Brady at some point was not Tom Brady, you know? And so um, that was so encouraging because I think I, I do that myself with other coaches. I just look at oh, them like, man, look at these people.
2: Yeah, totally. And I think right there was the, the heart of it is, uh, you know, some of the principles in the book, one of them is, is you have to start small. And, uh, so it was, it's powerful for me as a leader to, to see some of these people, like you're saying, we see the end result and the, the accolades and, and the championships and the Gatorade bats. And, you know, can you peel it all the way back? Can you pull the curtain back and, and see that, man, It they didn't start like that. And, and neither did we, and, and, uh, you know, the, their, journey, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I remember hearing someone talk about Kobe Bryant and, and, uh, you know, it might've been a, a quote or a time he was speaking where he was saying, uh, you know everyone looks to him and, and says, man, he's living the dream. Uh, they don't realize that living the dream is being up at 4am and constantly working out and just living a lifestyle, intense focus. And so we, we see a fragmented view of the whole picture sometimes. And, and, uh, we, we base our perceptions on, on things off of just limited, uh, you know, view of, of the whole scene. And uh, so that's kind of what we got into in the book for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the, the quote of the book for me was when you're talking about Tony Dungy um, and, and here's a quote, you said, when the skill is even a career built on character will frequent, frequently lead to an answering machine with a message about an opportunity. And I've been thinking a lot about this, of the, the saying, Hard work beats talent when talent stops be uh, stops working hard, and I'm starting to realize that that's not technically true. I'm a tennis player, tennis coach. If I didn't work or if I worked as hard as possible for a year, and Roger Feder did not work out once in a year, I'll still not beat Roger Feder because the talent level is so big. You know. Sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we, we lose track of that fact that sometimes it doesn't matter how hard I work, I'm still going to lose because of the talent. But when you're in a situation where talent level is exactly the same, then that dedication and hard work will be the difference maker. Right, um, right. And I think it was talking about Tony Dungeon, how he, he kind of failed at the bucks. Um, yep. But he led with so so much character and um, believed in what he was doing that right after he got fired, you know, the the Colts called right after, you know.
2: Yeah, so, you know, diving into his story was was amazing and refreshing to me um, because, again, he got fired. Like you said, he got, he got fired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They did not want him to coach. What a crushing experience that would have to be for a leader. And if anyone's listening to this and gone, has gone through that or is going through that, I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot to just make your stomach turn at that idea because for us as leaders and coaches, that's a lot of our identity and the idea that they don't want me anymore would be crushing. And, and it was, um, but I found it so powerful, the idea that because of who he was, the Colts uh, owner calls and says, you're the only guy we want for the job. And what a paradigm shift that the Buccaneers don't want him. And the Colts are saying, you're the only guy we want for the job. Yeah. And, and the root of it was not his X's and O's, although those are incredibly uh, elite and at a high level, but it, it was that they wanted a character-driven coach to, to yeah. lead the the, the Colts. And, and so it really stamped for me man, just things have a, a way of working out for people who have high character and, uh, they navigate life. There's ups and downs. You can get fired. You can get, you can have some setbacks, but in the long run, things just have a way of working out for, for a person of high character. And, and, uh, you know, we know, and, um, you know, Tony Dungy's a, a father of Christ. We know that that's, that's why he, he yeah. guides our steps. He leads us and, and, uh, protects us. And, and, uh, it, it was just an encouraging story for me to dive into. And, and hopefully readers can get, you know, pull a lot yeah. from that.
0: Yeah. The, I, I do want to ask a question and maybe ask you to expand on, you talked about the power of the extra degree um, in the temperature and the water um, without giving it too much away. I want you to expand on that so that I just talked to my girls about this mm-hmm. today Yeah, um, because it, it, right now as we're recording, it's snowing and the girls are like, when is it going to melt away? And, and it's perfect, uh, perfect opportunity for me to talk yep. about that. But can you expand on that fact a
2: little bit? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a powerful concept, uh, you know, in short, and it came from a chapter in the book uh, about a United States wrestler named Jordan Burroughs, again, another athlete and leader that a lot of people probably never heard of, uh, worth looking into. But, you know, the idea that at 212 degrees, water can boil. Uh, and when water can boil, there's a lot of things that can happen. Like we can literally use that energy to, 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 uh, move a train and and a train can go across the country and you're only, you know, 212 degrees, a lot shifts, but at 211 degrees, none of that is even possible. It's, it's just hot water. It will scald your skin. And, and, uh, it's like, it's not cold, but it's not capable of doing all the things that can happen. And so you look at just in history, even the, the difference between 211 degrees and 212 degrees, you're talking, you know, a train going across the, the country or going across the world transforms the world economy. Everything tips at one degree different. And so in the story of Jordan Burroughs, he was kind of a late bloomer. He, he's a unique story worth diving into. But in short, he, he won uh, more world and Olympic titles than he has high school state championships, which <laughs> you, you're a coach. That never happens. It's like, what in the world is going on here? It's, and it's an incredible story of uh, kind of a late bloomer. Um, and so the idea that Somewhere along the way, he kept adding degrees and adding degrees. And eventually, we don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know w- what day of the week it was that that flip, you know, or that switch flipped and it, it got to 212 degrees and everything shifted. The train's moving and, and it can go across the world. And so, like with your girls and, and with tennis, I like to believe maybe it's just bias on my part. I like to believe that that s- switch for Jordan Burroughs on just a random, mundane, Wednesday morning lift that, you know, it, it just going through the grind and in athletics. And he didn't even know it flipped on that day. Um, that to me is the story I'm telling. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's an encouraging idea uh, in concept that, man, we don't know when that's going to flip for us. And we have to keep showing up and put in the work, put in the time. And uh, eventually if it hits the 212 degrees and our, and our development, you know, as leaders and, and uh, athletes and coaches, Special things can happen, but you have to keep showing up every day. And uh, so that's so cool. You shared it with your with your girls, and, yeah. and uh, it's been encouragement for for me as well.
0: Yeah. Um, and sometimes, like you said, I think you you won't know that that's when it flipped until later on, and you look back and you reflect on that, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. that was the time. But when you're in the that grind, fun. you don't know. So you just got to get to the next yeah. workout, the next um, the next match or or competition. Absolutely. Um,
2: yeah, it, we like to think maybe that the big shifts happen on big events. Like, I just don't think that's the way life works. I think it's in the mundane monotony, the, the showing up every day, the staying the course of what you're passionate about and, and, uh, it switches and eventually we reap the benefits. And like you said, we see it in hindsight and, and that's a powerful concept for sure.
0: Yeah. I think it was in the book, chop wood, carry water. And, um, the, the author talks about remaining, ridiculously faithful to the small things you know yeah Um, because it it, because it's a one degree is a small thing it's not going to happen yeah um on a big moment um
2: so spot on great book by the way yeah yeah. i love that one
0: the the one i really want to delve into is the berlin marathon volunteer that one just uh rocked my world um because nobody knows who this guy is um his family probably didn't even know he was volunteering at the Berlin Marathon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. And he made it his mission to help the mm-hmm. the Kenyan runner to to uh, break the world record uh, on on that marathon by literally just giving him the nutrition he needed at the right time. Yep. Um. And he had done it for so many years, right? He was there, and and then when that moment, uh, you know, came to him, he just seized it.
2: Um, yeah.
0: What did you learn? From, from studying his life and that opportunity?
2: Yeah, so I would recommend, you know, when you read the book, there's there's bonus material available and things like that, get a hold of that because uh, on the back end of, uh, you know, we, we link the video where you can see all this in action and it's just a powerful concept. I've shared it with teams, I've shared it with a lot of leaders and, and uh, Klaus Henningscholke is my hero, man. I wanna meet this guy. I, I can't speak German, but we're gonna get someone to translate like this dude is my hero uh, for a variety of reasons. Number one, yeah, that wasn't his first crack at being a volunteer. He got, you know, Elliot Kipchoge. If you follow running, is like the the Michael Jordan of running. So yeah. the idea of even being kind of on his team for a day, they are not going to hand that to just anyone. So to me, it speaks a powerful concept. Like he was trusted at doing this job. You're not going to, you know, get that that role for for world class elite guy. Everyone knew that Kipchoge was chasing the, the world record that day. So the idea of being called into that, you know, I think there's a the scripture in the Old Testament that, you know, if you're truly skilled at what you do, you're, you're going to serve kings instead of just ordinary men. And I think of Klaus Henning Schulk you, you get the opportunity. If you're truly elite at what you do, you're going to you're going to get an opportunity to, to be with some special people. So uh, what's powerful for me, you know, uh, is Eli Kipchoge, as he reflected on the day that he broke the, the marathon record? Like he, he literally shattered the world record it doesn't get better than this for his career. And as he's reflecting and he says, you know, what's most memorable from that day, he says, Klaus Hennig Schultz, the guy handing him the water bottles because of his enthusiasm, his passion, he literally propels him to go faster and, and push harder. And that to me, uh, I think gets at the heart of servant leadership and transformational leadership. When we look at a scene like this, I don't think it's our default setting. To say I want to be the bottle handler in this scene. Our default setting is I want to be the guy breaking the record. The spotlight is on us. We're powerful. Everyone is mesmerized at what we do and how skilled we are at our craft, and and we kind of get the spotlight. And not many people are going to say, Yeah, let me be the bottle handler. Let me just just serve, give the athletes I'm leading what they need, and then get out of the way. Do it with passion and intensity, not like sarcasm. If you watch the video, there's not an ounce of like. Cynical. The, the yeah. guy is genuinely enthusiastic and doing his job, and it's a menial job at the end of the day. But he's doing it at such an elite level that that it makes such a profound impact on the person he's serving. That the most memorable thing about the highlight of his career, if not his life, he's a Kenyan yeah. runner. This is like this is what ellie Kipchoge's been chasing for decades, and when the day finally comes, you know, I'm sure he has memories and everything. But he says the most memorable thing is the guy handing water. Yeah. And so it has just hit me in the face as a leader. And, and uh, I, I want to, you know, spread the, the, the message of, uh, you know, Klaus Henning Schulk and how, how powerful would our teams be if we led that way? Yeah. If we said, hey, I, I, I don't need any spotlight here at all. I'm securing who I am and, and my identity is safe. And I'm just freed up yeah. to just serve who, who's in front of me and let it rip and, and do it with so much passion. Imagine if we, you know, serve our spouses that way, our kids that way, our teams that way it'd be, it would be insane. The, the level of impact that could come. Yeah. And so it, to me, it's the image of a transformational leader to the T is Klaus Henning Schulk in that scene in Berlin. Yeah. I,
0: as I was reading that and then watching the video, cause I did some research too. Um, it puts me back into like today's society where it's, it's cool not to care, you know, mm-hmm. just nonchalant headphones on yeah. just like sitting back. Um, and, but that that's not what where greatness is, you know. Right. And so I even started um, looking at those things when recruiting, like when when a mm. when a player's just sitting there watching another match, waiting for her match. How is she behaving? You know, does yep. she think she's too cool for school, or she's like yep. focusing on the on the task at hand, getting ready? Right. Um, and when I was reading about um, Klaus, I I remember watching the Alabama. Florida SEC championship Hmm. game, and I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but it went viral. This student manager sprinting to pick up the kicking tee and then sprinting back, you know, and and obviously it will be it will be on the team with Nick Saban, obviously, you know. But that kid did not care how foolish he looked because there's no need for him to Hmm. sprint so fast and bring it back, and yet he was doing it as best as he could because. Alabama is all about excellence. Right. And even the guy who just picks up the tea is, um, is doing yeah. it at an excellent level.
2: What you're getting at is the same with Klaus is like, there's something powerful about someone who's doing their job with so much enthusiasm. And you're exactly right. That's not the way our world works and, and you know, the way uh, things go. There's a lot of people who would not have the confidence to sprint to get the tea like that and, yeah. and to pump their fists and do their job it feel embarrassed. So it, to me speaks of like, if, if we see these people, they're like, they're like unicorns. It's like, wow, this is incredible. They're so secure in who they are and they know what, how they want to go about their business that it just has such a profound impact on, on the people who see it. And, and, uh, you know, now my eyes are like wide open for it in all areas of life, you know, like it, I can't unsee it. It's, it's, I want to be more like that. So.
0: Yeah. Justin, my, my last question is what did you learn about yourself
2: while writing this book. Man, great question. Great, great question. And and uh I think I, I learned a lot about um what I want the next decades to look like. Uh I, I think the process and and uh sharing some of these stories, sharing the book with with some coaches and and athletes and and seeing uh you know this is what I want to usher in. Um you know I I've actually stepped out of coaching. And, and uh, I, I want to focus, you know, the rest of, you know, the foreseeable future on sharing concepts and ideas like this and, and uh, you know, curating content like this and, and hopefully serving teams and athletes and coaches to, to you know, kind of get some of this uh, vicarious dopamine from, from these types of stories. That's what I would say they are. Uh, you know, we can get dopamine from seeing other people succeed and, and seeing ourselves in their stories. And, and, uh, so I want to kind of usher in a new way of looking at these things and, and encourage people to, to see, man, your story looks just like a lot of elite leaders. There's no special formula. There's no tricks. There's no secret thing. You're closer than you think. And, uh, just stay at it, stay the course. And and I want to come alongside, you know, leaders and, and, uh, encourage that in them.
0: Yeah. Well, Justin, thank you so much. As you know, um, we like to finish um, asking you how How can we be praying for you now?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question. I I think uh, the biggest thing I would ask is just that that God would bless this book and and get it in people's hands to encourage them. And and uh, you know, there's a lot going on with um, you know with the new kind of business I have coming uh, as well. That I would just pray for God's favor that we can uh, encourage and help people. And and um, that would probably be the biggest two things. Big transition for us now and moving into this uh, new chapter of life. So. All
0: right. Well, let's close out in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for, for this conversation. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk um, about Justin's new book and, and share its message with so many people. Lord, I pray that you bless this book, that that it will be a ministry to anyone who puts their hands on it, um, that, that, will sh- that will ultimately show that you are intertwined in all of these stories and that, and that you are the ultimate transformational leader because you you transformed death into life, Lord. Pray that as Justin moves on to this new um, stage of life, that his new business will be centered on you and that you you bless him with, um, with making an impact for your kingdom with whoever he comes in contact with, Lord. In your name I pray, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Uh, man, Gene, that, uh, that was awesome. Loved it. So many takeaways, love the thoughts on transformational leaders and just that idea of um, being a coach that doesn't need the credit. Am I secure enough in who I am in my identity that I can just hand off the water and take the, um, the background? Um, but that, that was huge. But this book, man, it's, it was trending on the new releases. It's exploding five star ratings everywhere um i think you guys are gonna love the the sports stories so please go pick it up on amazon right now
0: yeah i really enjoyed it chad um we got to get an early copy of the book um and i'm a big celtics fan so brett stevens first first chapter is brett stevens story and it's just unbelievable how in such a short time he went from volunteer coach to the coach of the boston celtics and all because he, he remained faithful in starting small and doing the little things right you know and i think sometimes we we compare our failures with, you know, Belichick's or now Andy Reid's um, Gatorade bath. And we're like, man, we're never going to be that, you know. But we never we never see the moments where they struggled and they had to build up. Um, even Tony Dungy's story in Justin's book is very eye-opening to all of us coaches.
1: Yeah, and I, I love to the... The thought on boiling water, getting up to 212 degrees. I shared that with my team yesterday and I said, hey, some of you guys are at 211. Just keep keep boiling that water one degree hotter today and uh, we'll see the results one day, I think.
0: Yeah. And the story of the volunteer and the Berlin Marathon that helped out the Kenyan runner uh, beat the world record by literally just being the best water giver, you know, nutrition giver that he could be. Sometimes we, you know, we want to serve our players, but we also want to get some recognition um, or sometimes we just want to look cool. But that guy studied his craft so well that he helped a Kenyan runner beat the world record.
1: What a story. I love yeah. it, man. But, uh, man, coach, thank you so much for, for listening, tuning in with us. It's been a fun, fun journey. We've learned a ton and it would mean the world to us if you could help uh, spread the word. Just tell somebody word of mouth, share on social media. And uh, just, coach, stay the course, like Justin says. And just remember, the mission field is right where you're at.